David. There's been some interesting um, snafus in the media lately. I got to ask you, what is your most embarrassing on-air moment? Uh, I think that was on the other side of the corn. Oh, that that wasn't me. Uh, what was it? A mug? <laughs> is that your argument? Perhaps. Kick it. the fantasy finish line podcast from drink5.com i am jason evans and joined as always by uh david biggs dave good to be here man what are you drinking over there good evening i was actually going to uh drink some unsweetened iced tea with a lemon this evening (laughs) uh but uh everything everything's all good uh and i have a bavarian style lager from sierra nevada called skiesta I uh, just got a variety pack from them recently, and uh, very tasty beer. So I, I recommend it. I see you're also drinking a Sierra Nevada. I assume it's from the same variety pack. I assume so, because it came out of your refrigerator. There, there you go. So this is the Torpedo Extra IPA. It's just uh, like an IPA, but a little bit extra. A little extra. Just a little bit extra. A tiny extra bit of an IPA. Yeah. So uh, we just completed week 11 in the NFL. Uh, we got week 12 coming up, the last of the bye weeks, thankfully. Um, for fantasy's sake, you know, having the bye week in week 12 is pretty rough because you're only uh, one, you know, two more weeks uh, until the playoffs start, and it's really rough when you're missing some of your most important players right now. So all of you with uh, the Chiefs and the Chargers, there's plenty of fantasy players that are relevant on all those teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, week 12 buys. I don't remember all the teams that are on buy. Uh, Chargers, um... the Vikings, and the Cardinals. So all four of those teams have lots of fantasy relevant players that you don't get to have this week. <laughs> um, so let's dive into our trending players. We haven't done this segment for a few weeks, but it's back. And what we'll do is we'll kind of look at guys who have uh, been going in one direction or the other for the last three weeks or so, and we'll determine if we think that it's going to continue. Maybe there was a reason why. Uh, maybe they have a better outlook coming up or a worse one. Um, so Deshaun Watson, uh, the Houston's quarterback in week eight, put up 27.7 in, uh, against Oakland week nine at Jacksonville, just under 20 points. And last week, uh, week 11 at Baltimore, he put up under five points in standard scoring. Uh, all these totals will be standard scoring by the way. So Watson is a stud quarterback and I only bring this up to kind of help soothe the fears of owners of Deshaun Watson, who were pretty shocked last week when he couldn't put up five points. Um, I was certainly among them. Lost me a couple games. It's unfortunate, but I'm, I'm yeah. not panicking. So Yeah, I definitely could uh, you know, point to that as being a big issue. So <laughs> his matchups coming up are, are vary by a lot. He has a good one against Tampa, but he also has to play New England and Denver. I don't expect him to have any performances like he had last week. Baltimore seems to be one of the teams that can really shut people down right now. Um, almost more so than New England. So I say don't panic. I don't expect this trend to continue. Dave, are you still firing up Deshaun Watson with full confidence? Oh, I I didn't even have a decision, really, let's be honest. And I'm putting in Watson, and uh, even on teams where I have other options, he's still the number one guy on on the majority of those teams. So 
Um, so I put him in. I look forward to a good bounce back game. I mean, you can't go any farther down from uh, last week's uh, unfortunate match. Don't don't jinx us, buddy. Because <laughs> I mean, you know, five points is more than zero points. Yep. <laughs> That's true. So Josh Allen, Buffalo's quarterback, in Week Nine, uh, home against Washington, put up just under eighteen points. Week Ten at Cleveland, twenty five points. Week Eleven at Miami, just under thirty four points. So. Big game from Josh Allen last week. He's been on a tear lately, but it's against bad teams. You know, Cleveland, Washington, Miami. Uh, he's finding the end zone on his feet, which is really helping his fantasy numbers. He leads the league uh, among quarterbacks in uh, rushing touchdowns. He has seven on the season. And uh, that's actually good for, I think, tied for sixth uh, across uh, for rushing touchdowns across the entire league. Um, so it's, it's great. You know, he's putting up a ton of fantasy numbers. He's like the QB six or five on the season right now, uh, which is just stellar. I don't think anybody expected Josh Allen to quite be there. And it's being overshadowed, obviously, by like the amazing performances that J- uh, Lamar Jackson is turning in all the time. Um, so the problem with Josh Allen is that I believe it is unsustainable. It's certainly like scoring seven rushing touchdowns through the first 11 games, or I suppose it's only been 10 games for everybody now. Uh, th- that's a problem. Um, his night matchups are a nightmare coming up. So if you can trade high on Josh Allen, I highly recommend that his trend is not going to last. His best matchup coming up is against the Steelers who are giving up the 11th fewest points to opposing quarterbacks. The rest of the games are top eight or better. So out of all five teams, all of them are in the top 11 giving uh, in terms of uh, fewest points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. Not exciting for Allen. Yeah, it's really rough. And he, you know, he really feasts on the bad teams and he cannot, he's not good enough to be matchup proof. Not at all. He's been good and he's near the top of the group, but he is nowhere close to being matchup proof. You cannot just start him against anybody. Uh, Even though he's good, you're going to need to stream someone instead of him when he has to play like New England again, for sure. Um, so it's unfortunate, uh, but try to trade him. You know, Josh Allen's been playing well. Perhaps somebody needs a fill in for Patrick Mahomes this week and you can, you know, fool them. Well, I'm sure someone needs a fill in. Yes. <laughs> Good point. Uh, well, so you're just talking about them having another option on the bench already or something. I, I suppose if you, uh, if you went through Patrick Holmes, um, injury scare of 2019, uh, which was what a two two week stretch or was it three weeks where he was out for Matt Moore two weeks two weeks he was well and so there was one game and then two more weeks uh, you know the game he got injured obviously you started him and didn't get many points from him well I'm, two I'm more just... weeks and then he's got the bye week uh, this week so you're missing him this week I'm uh, just saying you probably already have that other option because of what happened to him earlier so maybe you're right the person who perhaps. has Mahomes probably has another guy on the on the roster. Uh, that's a good point, but you know, uh, the Cardinals, the Chargers, the Vikings, all those guys uh, are potentially quarterbacks that are starting in different leagues. Um, so we've got Le'Veon Bell, the running back for the Jets. Week nine at Miami, he put up twelve. Week ten against the Giants, he put up thirteen. Week eleven against Washington, he put up fifteen. So he's been up and down all year. He hasn't broken the twenty point barrier, but the last three games he's had is his best stretch of the season. He said 20 or more touches in each of those games. So I think as long as the volume is there, he's going to continue to put up numbers. He seems to be a low ceiling guy, which is strange because this is a guy who, you know, could put up 40 in fantasy leagues back when the Steelers were really rolling. So it's a shame that he really, uh, 
isn't quite the player that we remember him as, but at least it seems like his floor has improved over the last few weeks. His matchups over the next three weeks are very nice, but he does play Baltimore and then Pittsburgh near the end of the fantasy season. I believe Baltimore is like 14, Pittsburgh is like week 16. So unless you're really um, counting on a sort of revenge game, then I, I would not want to start Le'Veon Bell against the Steelers. Is you know as sad as that sounds. That sounds like a fun way to win a championship. Le'Veon Bell going off against his old team, but I, you know that's just not in the cards this year. What do you think about uh, what you've seen out of Le'Veon Bell this year? I know you've got him on at least one team. Well, we discussed this the other day, right? Uh, he's he's still putting up a um, uh, enough points on average to be startable each week, unless you have. Uh, a ridiculous amount of riches at the position. Yeah. So it's difficult to sit a guy, especially the one that you have drafted or you own in Dynasty to play. Um, but it's certainly disappointing uh, in general with the Jets' offense. But I like what Sam Darnold uh, has recently been able to do, and I honestly think that they will keep stepping up throughout the back half of the season. But I must agree with you that uh, even though it is a revenge game, etc., it's not a, a great matchup for Bell and because he hasn't been playing lights out and the Jets offense in general hasn't looked that great um, if you have other options I, I think he's benchable in that game but I think people will still be starting him throughout the season because of uh, his uh, prolific uh, uh, work in the backfield is uh, receiving back right and you know not that he's been getting the kind of reception numbers that he's had uh back on the Steelers but at the same time he's still getting 20 touches a game and any running back that's going to get that kind of volume is going to be in a starting fantasy lineup pretty much anywhere yeah I mean I look if, if we're looking at uh um so he's a, got an eight and a ten this year if that's we're not bad if we're looking at as average so far this season um in a PPR league uh I think it's 15.3 so, 15.3 points, points per game. Yeah, so that's fine, okay. you know. But it's not the Christian McCaffrey who's averages 30.3 in the league that we're both in. <laughs> right. So, like, he's about half as good as McCaffrey this year. He's one <laughs> half of a McCaffrey. He's getting uh, four and a half catches per game. Not great, not terrible. Yeah, but if you look at, um, you know, other, other backs that people might have, for example, uh, that are lower tier, like your Royce Freeman, your Chris Thompson, um, they're getting about 10 points a game in PPR. So, um I I I don't want to I don't know if he's trending up or down. I just know that he's he's been a little disappointing. I, I agree with you there. Yeah, yeah, good way to put it. Although I guess you know if he's trending up or down. <laughs> well, he was trending slightly up, but the, the the point being that he was kind of up and down all year and lately he's been, you know, 12 points or better. Mm -hmm. and, and that's good to see. I agree. It's encouraging that comes with getting at least 20 touches a game. So I think that that's important and the Jets um have a soft-ish schedule. Oakland at Cincinnati, Miami uh, in the next three games, and then of course like I was saying, 15 and 16 are Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So so you're going to want to maybe get another option if you make it all the way to the championship other yeah, than or, Bell. Or the semifinals even. But Bell could very well help you get there with the match matchups in the next couple weeks that look pretty good. So he'll probably uh, be above his average for the next couple weeks. Yeah, this is not a start him because he's a stud kind of... Uh, kind of thing going on <laughs> definitely not um tevin coleman running back in san francisco week nine at arizona he put up 3.6 week 10 in seattle or against seattle 
uh, 7.2 last week, just 6.2 against Arizona. So these these three games follow his 35-point explosion in Week 8. Uh, he's failed to put up half that over the last three weeks. So uh, the 49ers' run game has been uncharacteristically bad during that run. Uh, they played teams giving up decent amounts of fantasy points to opposing running backs too, Arizona and Seattle, that is. Um, so I expect them to turn this around and with the matchup against Green Bay, and they have given up, you know, they play Green Bay on Sunday night. Green Bay has given up eight different 12-point performances or better to opposing running backs this year. Okay. So Coleman needs to get above the 12 to 13 touches level that he's at, and I think he needs to be in the Bell territory where it's 18 to 20 a game. Without Breda, I think that that can happen. I think they're going to use a lot of Raheem Mostert, but... Tevin Coleman should be the guy to get the majority of the carries if they want to get their running game back on track. So I expect them to be able to do that. So don't fret if you have Tevin Coleman. I think that he's worth starting still, and I think that he'll he will have good games going forward. Um, I, what is his upcoming schedule? Well, he has uh, rough matchups against the Ravens and the Saints after the Packers. So does uh, everyone have to play the Ravens before the end of the year? <laughs> it's like a gauntlet. You have to get through Lamar Jackson before you get to the Super Bowl. I think that that's true. I mean, that's just going to be true no matter what happens. So so I agree with you that uh, Coleman should step it up, and I think it has a little bit to do with the play calling and the run blocking of the 49ers and not just Coleman. However, you can easily see that his point totals have been a lot smaller towards this part of the season. And I don't know if that speaks to the team wanting to throw more, having less focus on, on some of those run premium uh, sections of their game. But I do think against the Packers that he should open up and get above 10 fantasy points should be a good game. Now, because he does play the Ravens and Saints after the Packers, it's another one of those situations where you may not want to start him against Baltimore. Uh, even if he does blow up versus the Packers, he could easily get back down to this you know, six or seven point game uh, against those two defenses. Yeah, so show me you know an improved amount of touches for him, and then I, I think that as Tevin Coleman owners... Everyone will be much happier. Happier. So Mike Evans, wide receiver in Tampa Bay. Week 9 at Seattle, he put up 24. Week 10 versus Arizona, he put up 8.2. And then week 11 against New Orleans, only 6.9. So Evans hasn't just been trending up and down. He's a freaking roller coaster. You can literally track it like three up, three down, three up, three down, three up, three down. Um, So he's two games over 30 points this year, two games under three points this year. Currently, he's on the down part of the roller coaster, which is supposed to be exciting, but is not when you have him in fantasy leagues. So that means he's due to go back up, I suppose, based on the trends, if you look at it over the entire season. Well, this is Jameis Winston uh, factoring in this equation. 100%. 100%. (laughs) So the toughest matchups that he's had in the last five games that he has, excuse me, in the last five games are Jacksonville and Indy, and uh, he needs to get more targets. I expect them to continue uh, because the schedule is soft. Like I said, Jacksonville and Indy are the toughest teams that he has to face. The other three teams that he plays are giving up top 10 points to opposing wide receivers. So you need to keep Evans in your lineup. Obviously, he is the top wide receiver on the year. I'm not going to tell you to sit a guy like that. Uh, He has a very high ceiling, but because he is going to help you win your league, you should try to buy low on Evans if you can and now I, I realize that that's a relative <laughs> thing. Obviously, it's going to cost you a lot if you want to trade for Mike Evans. But you may find someone who's been disappointed with him over the last few weeks uh, and not have to pay top dollar for him. 
Sure. And yeah, you've got them sandwiched as number two and number three in uh, receiving yards with Michael Thomas, the only guy who who's above them, who has 1143. So Evans with 993 and Godwin with 887 as number two and three with Amari Cooper one, combo. one yard shy of Godwin's 887 at 886 and Julio Jones at 882. But you're right that uh, Mike Evans has been unpredictable. And I think we both agree that's because of Jameis Winston. He's just that kind of a guy, and it seeps into his fantasy play as well, where he doesn't really know what he's going to do until he goes out there. <laughs> um, and and you'll have those weeks, right, where Evan scores two touchdowns and gets 150 yards, followed by a week where he's not targeted. So it's really odd, but you have to play him every week. I kind of agree with you about trying to trade for him. If you're a good salesperson, um, you, you could probably get in a couple words edgewise to that player about how he is unpredictable and maybe get the sale that way. Right. Um, but Evans is is definitely a guy that, that could win or lose your week for you, and that's that's dangerous for me. That's a little risky. You can really go either way. Yeah. Some of these guys can win you games and generally won't lose them for you, but Evans will definitely lose a game for you uh, if he winds up with – Three points or I zero like, points I like or whatever. the floor players. I'd rather have Godwin than Evans on a squad. Godwin definitely has a higher floor. Uh, he hasn't hit that ceiling, though, that Evans has been able to hit. So John Brown, a guy with a tremendous floor. Uh, wide receiver in Buffalo, week 9 against Washington, 7.6. Week 10 at Cleveland, 7.7. Last week in Miami, 25.7. So Brown was the top non-quarterback fantasy player last week. And I believe this represents his ceiling, absolutely, about 25 points. 100 yards, a couple touchdowns. If you had him in PPR, obviously that's a nicer total. So it's not necessarily what is to come every week, the 25 points, but his floor is spectacular. He has at least 50 50 yards in every game this season. His team has some tough matchups to finish the year, so I don't expect his success to continue along the lines of his Week 11 performance. We talked about, with Josh Allen, all of the tough teams that he has to play. You know, they just played the Dolphins. That's why Allen and Brown both had big games. I really respect the hell out of John Brown's floor, and I think that means that you're probably going to keep starting him because, you know, 50 yards in every game this year is pretty nice um, in any sort of format you've got. He's pretty much putting up at least 10 points a game for you in uh, PPR leagues. Mm -hmm. So um, I I wouldn't hesitate to sit him against the really tough matchups like New England because New England's going to take away the best weapon you have on your team, and that weapon right now is John Brown. It's the only real weapon that they have. You know, there's the truth, Mr. Singletary, but he has not been utilized properly or just isn't developed into a proper, a full-fledged NFL player at this moment, I guess. The truth. The truth. Uh, well, you're right. It was it was great to see that connection, the, the Allen to Brown connection that, that we've been waiting for, or at least some of us have. Um, but it is important to note some of these matchups that they, they have uh, coming up right now. So, for example, in Week 12, we're looking at a matchup against the Broncos, right? And the Ooh, the, Bron- the Broncos secondary has allowed an average of uh, of 133 receiving yards per game, uh, or two opposing receivers, and they've only been scored on six times. And two of those scores have come over the past two weeks against the Browns and Vikings, though. But he's going to go uh, up against Devontae Harris, who is allowing an average of 8.8 yards on the 19 receptions against him all year, scored upon only once. So that's something that you should look at for this matchup. John Brown is great, but that's a really good defensive back. 
that is going to give him problems. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos did give up a big game to Stephon Diggs last week, but that most of that production came from one big play. Well, specifically, I, I mean, this particular player matchup, because the deep guy is going to get Devontae Harris, and, and he's a, a tough uh, cookie. So Yeah, well, the nice thing I like about John Brown, he's not the deep guy this year. He's the everything guy. <laughs> he's getting a lot of receptions. It's not just a couple of long shots like he would get when he was in uh, Arizona or in Baltimore. Hell, in Baltimore, he really didn't get any action. <laughs> um, so, uh, anything else to say about Mr. John Brown, Dave? No, just to, to watch out a bit on this upcoming matchup with Harris, that's all. All right. You don't want to hear it, right? <laughs> You're like, I'm starting him in three leagues. He's got a great floor. you got to put him in most of the time. I pay attention to those little matchups because, man, those, those defensive backs can sometimes shut out guys. That's true. But I agree with the floor. All right, so uh, if you're paying attention to the music this week, then uh, pick up on the theme. If you pick up on the theme, let us know what you think it is. And uh, email me at jason at drink5 or dave at drink5.com. And let us know what you think the theme is. If you are correct, you may win a prize. You may win a prize. I mean, at the very least, you'll win the prize of being right. Well, that's a good song. So, um, that might be a spoiler, Dave. But it's a good song. <laughs> My bad. I'm only playing good songs this week. That's the theme. Yeah, you, you took the <laughs> you took the bad ones right out of the lineup, right? Uh, we appreciate that. All right. So we're looking at uh, injuries that have occurred and are currently occurring to players. Ooh, Not... like someone's getting hurt at the as we speak. Maybe. Like is someone about to slip on a banana peel? This is uh, this is oddly phrased. I'll admit. <laughs> but uh, starting with quarterbacks, I only have a couple of these guys to go over. Um, specifically, yeah, I needed an injured quarterback this week for one of my teams, and uh, you, you have one, Mitchell Trubisky. Y- I used him already this year. Oh, so this is for I people people that aren't familiar. Uh, Jason is is trying the novel approach of uh, naming his fantasy football team after each week's injured quarterback. And if you've already used Mitchell Trubisky and Matthew Stafford, then I'm afraid you might be out of luck this week. I'm gonna have to go back to the well and pull like a um, let's see who's on IR for the year. I used Ben Roethlisberger, but there's got to be someone else I can use. Well, there's got to be someone who I haven't used yet, or maybe I could call my team like Mitchell Trubisky again, or Mitchell Trubisky too. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, it's it's a fun little thing that I've been doing. I, I stuck with Matt Stafford. I haven't changed it yet. You've got Matt Ryan, who technically has an, an ankle injury still. Well, he's playing again. I want somebody who's not playing. And, of course, Cam Newton with the Liz Frank. There was... Um, Drew Stanton has a knee injury, but that's he's not exactly a starting quarterback. There was the guy in... Uh, there was the backup in the on the Jets that went out. And, and went on the air. Trevor Simeon. All right. That would throw everybody off. <laughs> but maybe he'll bring me good luck. Uh, Deshaun Watson's had an ankle injury, but again... Like, he didn't even miss any time. Yeah, I mean... He didn't miss, like, any snaps. He's a beast. And, yeah, Simeon had an ankle... Uh, Peterman has an elbow. I heard a stat that was like, that's the first time that Deshaun Watson's ever not like scored in the first half of a college or NFL game. Yikes. And the first time he's ever lost by more than like eight points. 
Oh yeah, they were saying that during the broadcast. Yeah, he's he's always he's always been in good situations, um, pretty much owing to to his success personally. Yeah, I mean, but it must be tough for him to to have that kind of a, a loss when he's never had it before. Everyone gets their ass kicked once in a while. Yeah, that's true. That's a burn the tape kind of game for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So Move so forward. let's let's talk about the the two guys that have injuries right now. So Mitchell Trubisky with a hip pointer. And I don't know if that injury actually exists. I think most people here in Chicago and that have been paying attention to the Bears situation would agree that uh, Trubisky was benched. But but uh, the coach, uh, Matt Nagy, says no. Uh, he says he took out the quarterback because of the hit pointer. But yeah. then but then why you know uh, did he keep playing another two and a half quarters? Right. Um, they claim the hit pointer happened in the second quarter. So and he got benched in the fourth quarter. So we're never going to get a real answer to Here, that. Here's the other weird <laughs> thing that went on with that. Nobody saw Chase Daniel warm up. Yeah. So nobody knew that he was going to get switched. So that just I think lends more credence to the uh, idea that it wasn't an injury. He just got sick of him and benched his ass and said, Daniel, get in there now. Well, can you imagine the kind of uh, BS that Nagy has to go through on a daily basis with the quarterback situation in, in, in Chicago? Dave, I listen to sports talk radio <laughs> while I'm bored at work. I know exactly what he has to go through. Yeah, I mean, he's probably getting like death threats and hate mail all I don't the think time. it's that bad. I hope I that bet it's it not is. that bad. I bet it is. It's not... I mean, they get sorted by someone else in the office, not by the coach. I mean, people, coach. it's not. It's only football. Uh, I don't think so. I think he's walking down the street in Chicago, and people are yelling at him about it. Like, I, I guarantee. That. <sighs> but that's a shame. Well, of course it's a shame. But, but I mean, that's why football, football is so big. We all want to talk about it. We all have an opinion. That's why there are radio uh, stations that talk about it all day, and why we have a podcast. That's um, true. That's but, true. but we're not the type of people to yell at Matt Nagy, though. We just uh, curse at him under our breath, maybe. I look. I think that <laughs> criticizing uh, what he does professionally is much different than treating him shittily as a person. Shittily, you know, if you yell at him on the street, that's being a shitty person to someone. <laughs> okay, so I think we both both think that Trubisky was benched um, with the team down ten points, and Chase Daniel enters the game. Sure. And but Trubisky isn't really even uh, considered in fantasy teams right now, except in two quarterback formats. And uh, even there, I would. Just keep him on your bench. And the thing that to 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 talk about right now is is that uh, is are the Bears skill position players like Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery and Allen Robinson uh, are they going to be affected if Chase Daniel comes in and plays as the game manager quarterback? And what we saw when Chase Daniel originally uh, went out there was that they did a good job of running the offense. But the problem with backups uh, is that they they show their true colors after a couple of starts. And that's what happened with Daniel. Why he was benched even after playing so well that first game is that he turned back into the backup quarterback that we all know he is in the second matchup. Yeah, that, there's a reason why backups are backups. That's going to happen again. Um, but what is good for fantasy owners is that this is probably better for Allen Robinson than Trubisky has been this season. Because Daniel was targeting him a lot uh, and, and favoring Robinson. And he even had a good game. Uh, I think that second week. So you like um, you like Allen Robinson this week? Well, if, if Daniel starts, I mean, I, I'll, I'll probably start him regardless. He's the highest targeted uh, uh, receiver on the team. So I have a, a an interesting lineup question that just came in out of the blue. Would you want to start Allen Robinson over Amari Cooper, who has to play New England? These are interesting questions. I would have to uh, look at all the statistics. 
but it would be difficult to start Robinson over Cooper with a questionable situation at, at quarterback. I think the Bears organization is is uh, more than anything else suffering from this uh, this chaos, and that could bring everyone down a little bit. Um, but if you're saying be, just specifically because they're playing against New England, I think I personally think that this is going to be a shootout type of game. So uh, I think that Amari Cooper is going to score a bunch of points. I would definitely play Cooper over Robinson. All right, sounds good. Would Would you? Yes, I currently have Cooper over Robinson, but it was something that I was strongly um, trying to. F- I was trying to figure out what to do because it was definitely a debate one way or the other. I, it wasn't something that I was for sure. Uh, you know, it just didn't feel very uh, <laughs> obvious. I guess. Sure. Uh, and and Matt Stafford with the back injury. Um, there hasn't been anything uh, about him sitting out the rest of 2019. He's still week to week. Obviously, fractures along the spine are a horrible thing. Um, and the Lions are probably not going to make the playoffs. They technically still could, but they're probably out unless they win out and things happen. Sure, the only team that's really eliminated is the Cleveland or the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals can't make it. Sorry, they're 0-10. Yes. <laughs> but uh, And that guy is going to remain on the roof for the rest of the year. But all, I mean Jeff Driscoll's been doing okay. He hasn't really lowered the fantasy values of guys like Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay like we thought he would. So Driscoll's been good. I was surprised. There's not a real reason for them to rush Matt Stafford back. And so I think they're going to wait as long as as it takes for Stafford to get healthy or even put him on IR if they, you know, end up being out for sure of the playoff hunt. So I wouldn't I wouldn't rely on getting Matt Stafford back this year personally. Your preliminary rankings, Dave, have Allen Robinson a couple of positions above Amari Cooper. Yeah, because they're they're there's a lot to do with because the they're defenses. preliminary. Well, <laughs> well I, I I do them on Tuesday and then again on Thursday and then again on Saturday, basically. So, so. make sure that you go to our website and check out the rankings. They're updated <laughs> through the week. Yep, and uh, you can compare them with other experts on FantasyPros.com. True. So, so I don't think you can rely on having Stafford uh, come back, and he he very well might. But as we're entering the fantasy playoffs, it would be probably uh, it would be remiss of me to 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 not tell you to pick up someone else instead of him as a backup quarterback because you don't know if they're ever going to bring him back this year. Uh, that's it for quarterbacks, though. Um, why don't we take a break and then uh, move on to the running backs? Sure. I just want to share with you this wonderful moment. From April of 2017. <laughs> the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. What the fuck? Oh, what the <laughs> fuck? Fucking Doug McDermott fucking all over again. I... Oh man, that was good. <laughs> yeah, I was watching that draft live and I was like, I don't know what they just did. It, it, it looks pretty horrible. Fucking Doug McDermott all over again. <laughs> Thank you. 
another good song. You told us you got rid of the bad ones. So. I yeah, I'll method. Well, I got one bad one on the list. I'll have to take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for doing all the good works there. So we got some injured running backs that we can talk about. Um, so I know that there's a, a guy on your team, Dave, James Connor, re-injured his shoulder. I want to know: Am I safe starting uh, Jalen Samuels this week? So, this is a pretty loaded question, right? And the Steelers have been pretty up and down. When Connor is out there, he he gets all of the backfield duties. And Jalen Samuels handled most of the backfield duties with Connor out. He'll continue to do that. He scored a touchdown on one of his five catches, so he'll be a must-start against the Bengals if Connor is out this week. Yeah, I mean, it's the Bengals. They're a terrible team, so I guess you got to get everybody in where you can. I just wouldn't want to be starting Jalen Samuels if James Connor is going to be out there because clearly Samuels only gets a decent amount of work when Connor is not playing. Yep, and so uh, so when Connor left because of his shoulder injury that was nagging him, uh, word out of Pittsburgh seems to be that Week 13 will be some kind of a – Game time decision if he does practice in limited fashion this week, but I—that's a noon game, I believe. So at least you got that going for you. I really don't think that they'll rush him back because of the fact that they already brought him back too early last week. Yeah. Um, and they're playing the Bengals, who are most likely not going to win a, a football game this year. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think that the Bengals do have to play Miami still. Well, Miami has two wins. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, There's two more than Cincinnati. I think they could very well be, um, you know, an 0 and 16 team. Well, that's only ever happened once. Well, perhaps the Bengals can join the Detroit Lions in the in the Hall of Shame. And we can have the Cincinnati Bengals uh, standard of excellence. 100. Uh, percent Let's talk about Marlon Mack, uh, the, the the Colts running back, who was having one of his best games of the year before he exited the game with a broken hand. So very unfortunate for him. He was over 100 yards. And he'll be out for the foreseeable future now, and maybe even the entire season. But it's more likely uh, that he's out for what was the? Um, I think it's a few weeks. Yeah, at like least. like four to six. He weeks. had a, he had an operation done on his hand, so he's definitely not going to be relevant. I think in the rest of the fantasy season. Well, it's just unfortunate because he's currently the running back twelve on the year, so he was a good guy to have on the squad. Yeah. Um, and Jordan Wilkins has been ruled inactive with an ankle. So, uh, I mean, he was last week, rather. So Indianapolis had Jonathan Williams out there carrying the uh, the football, and he rushed for 116 yards on 13 carries and a 31-yard reception. So Mac's not going to play in Week 12 on th- this Thursday night, and if Wilkins is ruled out again, then Jonathan Williams, who a lot of people picked up was a big waiver wire ad this week, could be uh, the answer for some troubled running back corpse or for people that have Marlon Mack. Personally, uh, and I know that they are not going to come out and say this, but I think there's a good chance that Naheem Hines has a larger role, and he's had some big games in the past when he's played a larger role with more focus uh, in the running game. But it's clear to me that Jonathan Williams will be the guy that gets most of the uh, opportunities. So... I think he'll do well. I mean, the Colts have had a good running game all year. Jonathan Williams already proved that he could do it. And uh, and so it, definitely a great pickup um, by by people this week on the wire. Yeah, Hines, 
Hines is only going to be uh, worth taking a look at in a PPR league, in my opinion. His rushing stats are abysmal this year. He has not had more than 14 rushing yards in any game. No, but it's not about the rushing. I, I think, uh, depending on the matchup, uh, and this week especially against, uh, Houston. against Houston, I think that there might be a lot of backfield passes. And Hines is, is always uh, one of those guys that could score a touchdown in a game. So I, I like him as having even more work. But it's clearly, like I said, Jonathan Williams, the guy while Mac is uh, is out. Now, that said, uh, um, Jordan Wilkins has been pretty good, and he puts up really good stats when he does play. And I think that Wilkins might take out – he might take over the job as soon as he gets healthy. Yeah. So don't be surprised if that happens. Pay attention to, to him this week, and if he gets over his ankle injury – um, you have that opportunity for what looked like a great pickup in Jonathan Williams ending up just getting the backup on the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a shame if you dumped all of your money into uh, Jonathan Wilkins. <laughs> into uh, Williams, that is. Jonathan Wilkins. Jonathan Williams it's... and Jordan Wilkins. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for having two backup quarterback running backs with the same initials. Yes. Are they trying to take after the Chiefs or something? Yes, they are. Uh, let's look at Damian Williams, Kansas City. Oh, speak of the devil. With a rib injury. Um, he played on Monday night, and uh, I'm assuming you watched the whole game. It was it was a pretty good game, uh, kind of back and forth, and I, I was rooting for yeah, the Chargers, was, uh, to be honest. There was but... a few turf monsters, but <laughs> overall, the field seemed acceptable. It was no worse than a bad day at Soldier Field. So, like I've been saying the entire year and last year, uh, Damian Williams is a guy who cannot stay healthy and who cannot do well for stretches. And he still will maintain that position as that guy. Uh, I, I think that um, Darrell Williams is going to be the guy for most of the year that has the fresh feet and that does a good job. And with LaShawn McCoy possibly out with the concussion and Damian Williams with the ribs, we might see Darrell Williams and Darwin Thompson as the running backs uh, this coming week. But... Um, apparently they like LaShawn, LaShawn McCoy again. <laughs> uh, but when I say this coming week, I mean week 13. So yeah. so we'll see if Damian Williams comes back. I don't trust him. I've never trusted him. If you have him on your team and you put him out there, there's always that possibility that he gets you know he gets no work or he gets injured in the first quarter. He almost got my head cut off in a Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can live with a player getting injured and not playing the rest of the game. Damian Williams played almost a whole half and had three points. Yeah, so let's call him what he is, just another guy out there, and look at the real playmakers on that team, which are going to end up being LaShawn McCoy and Darrell Williams. Yeah, amazingly, LaShawn McCoy is the most durable running back on his team. Yeah, I don't get it either. <laughs> so uh, Devonta Freeman with a foot. He's not practicing on Wednesday. This update comes directly from Roto World. Um, Dan Quinn said Freeman was trending in the right way, in quotes, but he could still be looking at another missed game. Brian Hill, who's a big waiver wire acquisition last week, was in on 60% of the snaps. Now, he didn't do very well. He only had 30 rushing yards on 15 attempts and one catch. However, um, they were using um, a, a variety of backs with him just taking the 60%, and they weren't doing that well at all on the ground. So uh, playing against the Bucks, um, they might have a better game script, and Brian Hill might do better. If Devonta Freeman comes back, then obviously Hill is just a, a bench warmer again. So which whichever running back is available from the Falcons against the Bucks, 
is a pretty good shot at being um, a flex play. But I wouldn't consider them any more than that. I, I disagree, and we can get into that in the matchups, but I just don't think that there's been any good running back production all year from the Falcons. Fair enough. It's been very disappointing. Well, I, I would certainly not play him anywhere but a flex. So I, we do agree that uh, it's a situation to avoid if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's about it for the running back. So we can move on to the so wide receivers let's after Let's check this. in with our friend from Chicago. <laughs> what the fuck? He is not happy. Bunch of fucking idiots. All right, Trubisky. <laughs> this is before he knew what Trubisky really was. Okay, Boomer. Okay, Boomer. That is total Boomer uh, move right there. Thank you for that short beer break. All right. Now we have injured wide receivers, and I know there's lots of them because I have teams full of them. Yeah, there's there's quite a few. Um, and we are at an interesting point in the season, approaching week 12, where most standard um, fantasy leagues, um, they, they generally determine who's going to be in the playoffs after week 13 and then run 14, 15, and 16 as the championship weeks. I wanted to bring this up because I'm interested in it myself. I kind of like the um, the the way that that some leagues do the championships or the playoffs in general in two week stretches. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, the oh yeah. Organization, but I like the idea of uh, a game, just one single game head to head, not determining your fate. I like the idea of the championship maybe running over weeks 15 and 16 where it's a combined score deal, so you have opportunities there if you had a bad performance to correct it. So that's something I might be interested in trying to find some league that does it like that. What I would like is something like, let's say you have a 10-team league, you make you make uh, four teams or, or, or whatever go to the playoffs, but then you have four weeks at the end of the, of the year where you have two stretches um, that determine... The, the playoffs. So two weeks for the semifinals, two weeks for the finals. Right. And that would be, in this format, 12, 13, or 13, 14, 15, 16? Right, yeah. So still avoiding the last week of the season. Yeah, we don't want to see week 17 in a, in a fantasy game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, and I'm curious as to how that would play out uh, it, when they add a 17th game to the schedule, if that is going to be um, more of a, like two weeks where people are more likely to sit or not i don't know well we'll have to see all those rules too but uh it might even add a bye week too there's a there's a sea of all these different options uh like he was talking about losing his head earlier uh, and jason was but but he's referring to playing in a guillotine fantasy league where one person is chopped each week so i'd really like to get involved in some other kinds of things for example everything that we do is all the same playoff uh, way of doing it. So we need to have a, a, a some other ways of doing yeah, it. Yeah, I'm in 10 and 12 team leagues. In each of those leagues, six teams make the playoffs. Three-week playoff format. Top two teams are getting a bye. 
um, pretty standard. So in that double week format, nobody gets buys. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't really like the the buy, especially in a division format anyway, where you have uh, two people getting a buy, one of which might not even deserve it, and it just happens to be that way because of the way the divisions are. Because of the way divisions work. But but uh, as I always say, I believe uh, the NFL does that too. If like if a division winner and then the best team in that division other than them has the two best records, I think that another division winner is still going to get the bye. Well, but in the NFL, those teams do actually play against each other, whereas in fantasy, we're only fantasizing <laughs> that they're playing against each other. We're pretending. Well, it's all <laughs> pretend, so whatever. Yeah, well, that's another podcast, but uh, I'd love to discuss some some alternate things that we could change in our own leagues or, or a new league that we could create that had some fundamentally different rules. Uh, but going back to injured wide receivers, let's first talk about Auden Tate, uh, Cincinnati oh, Bengals. So cervical strain and concussion carted off the field uh, against the Raiders, but he did give that good thumbs up saying that, that he's just fine uh, and able to move his thumb. So that's that's a good thing. I mean, <laughs> I'd almost rather... No, I'm not even going to say it. Well, so Tate will probably be out uh, for at least week 12, but, but likely much longer than that. And he is dealing with this uh, pulled muscle in his neck. It's a cervical strain, but he also has a concussion. So let's be honest and say probably more like uh, three weeks or something like that to, to return to There's, practice. There should be zero rush to get this guy back. Yeah. He needs to that, – that hit – it looked really bad. It was one of the worst hits, you know, other than like the Deontay Johnson hit where he's bleeding out of his ears. It's the worst hit that I saw all week. Yeah, that's rough. You know, I would almost rather see someone get hit in the head with a helmet than see guys bleeding out their ears. <laughs> But the, the thing to bring up here is that he was playing well uh, on the Bengals, and the Bengals have not been a great team. So it's good for Tate and, and a sign for his future, besides you know the horrible thing that happened to him physically, that he has been playing well over the year. He has uh, 483 yards on 34 catches. And there's been no sign of A.J. Green, uh, so the Bengals are now Tyler Boyd, Alex Erickson, and Stanley Morgan. Uh, they're going to have to bring someone else up from the practice squad, um, probably, if we don't see A.J. Green back out on the practice field this week. And so it's a situation to stay away from, especially considering that Tyler Boyd, who is you know, being trumped up as the number one receiver there, hasn't been doing well at all. In fact, the guy that I like the most out of all these is Alex Erickson, but I'm not going to play any Bengals receivers at all. Um. No, that's a good move, Dave. Yeah, thanks. That's a good move. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Kansas City Chiefs, hamstring. Uh, this was rough for a lot of teams um, this past week as well. He missed four games from the start of the season with a clavicle injury, and now he came up limping with a hamstring. Hamstring injuries are tough because those kinds of soft to in- uh, tissue injuries could last for up to four, five, six weeks, depending on um, what kind of uh, injury it is, the severity of it. So I don't expect him to be out for that long, but we don't have a lot of specific details yet, and he might well be out for a game, or he might come back. Uh, right. It sounded like the MRI was pretty positive. You know, the thing about playing in Mexico City, the players are not at all used to those kind of uh, conditions. It was hot, and it's the middle of November. They're not used to hot weather anymore, and it's very high altitude, way higher than Denver. That's a problem. It could be that he just had really bad cramps and they wouldn't go away. And, you know, they just call it a hamstring pull so as to not embarrass the league. 
Yeah, possibly. But all we know right now is that he uh, did not play for the, the second half of that game. He only had two targets and he was gone, like, I think in the first quarter. And from a fantasy perspective... One damn catch is all I needed, Tyreek. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, what that means, if Hill's not in the lineup, is that it's it's this um, rotating drawer of, of receivers, uh, Sammy Watkins, Mecole Hardman, and Demarcus Robinson, uh, any of which could have a huge day or everything could be spread out. And the only receiver you can really trust in this situation is Travis Kelsey, who's not a receiver. <laughs> Fine. He might as well be a receiver. Well, again, remember... He's like a super receiver. Tight ends used to be uh, receivers in fantasy. There was no tight end position. You could play a tight end as a receiver, but that's all they were. I feel like we should go back to that. When they made tight end a position, it was just to frustrate all fantasy football players. Or like make tight end positions 1.5x. These are things for our uh, new fantasy league that we're going to design in the offseason. You can't have the 1.5x if you've got guys out there like Kelsey and, and Kittle and like Ertz running wild. Hey, that just adjusts like where you would want to draft people. Like Those guys are going in the first round, if that's the case. Oh, man. And, and like if you drafted Ertz this year thinking that you're getting 1.5x from him all year, you, that was a blown pick. Well, apparently now he's back on the top. I think I have him as a number one tight end this week, and he's been doing a lot better. But you're totally right. He was missing in action for a while. Uh, what that has allowed is for Dallas Goddard to to really climb up the, the depth chart. Uh, but that's also because the Eagles don't have any healthy receivers that can catch. <laughs> that's true. So now they're just using more tight ends. Yeah, you've got uh, Ertz at one and Goddard at six. Yeah, I think they're going to kill it. And I think Seattle it. has been giving up points. Two opposing tight ends. They're going to kill it. The Eagles so, tight ends are going to kill it this week. You, those rankings that you had were .5 PPR, but in standard leagues, Seattle's giving up the sixth most points to opposing tight ends. Yep, yeah, there you go. So, I mean, all that stuff factors into those rankings. But Absolutely. I like Ertz as a, a back half tight end here doing well, but that matchup looks tasty too. Emmanuel Sanders, uh, San Francisco 49ers. He has a rib injury. He was questionable heading into Week 11 with that rib injury that he suffered in the previous week, Week 10. But he was playing against the Cardinals. Now, uh, we were watching that game, and it didn't look like he was having a very good time. He aggravated his rib injury, and about halfway through the game came out. Uh, He only caught three passes for 33 yards before he left. And I don't think this is another case of someone uh, being rushed back to play because they needed him. He should have had that week off. And now he's, you know, uh, questionable again to start the, this this coming the 49ers week. 49ers are just used to Matt Breda being so awesome when he's injured. <laughs> well, <laughs> what, what that did allow us to see is that uh, Jimmy G was, was really peppering the hell out of Debo Samuel. Samuel caught eight of his ten targets for 134 yards. That's two weeks in a row with eight catches over 100 yards. So the 49ers, go, Debo. 49ers going on this playoff run uh, need to have Sanders... They'll probably rest him, uh, but he's never going to be able to get back to 100% health because they're going to need Kittle and Sanders to to you know win the championship game there. and to make get it there. there yeah. um, so that's interesting. Just watch the news on those guys. Kittle and Sanders uh, are very interesting cases because they are great fantasy players. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster on the Steelers, uh, another bad hit. Uh, there was a whole bunch of them in this game between the Steelers and Browns. Which No, is... they must have played the Bengals if there was all those hits, Dave. <laughs> it's... Well, they played the Bengals this week. Or they must have played like the Ray Lewis Ravens. Yes. <laughs> well, I think it's going to be a really fun game uh, in, in Week 13 when the Steelers and Browns face off in Pittsburgh. 
because that will be sort of a revenge game, and it's going to be crazy. Thankfully, like most of the players responsible <laughs> for the big brawl are not going to be out there. Uh, apparently, Mason Rudolph apologized for his role in the brawl. Uh, today, I am still looking to see what kind of fine he gets, uh, because he is not blameless in this. Well, they said they were discussing a possible suspension and fine for Mason as yeah. well. So, and, I... and it's a lot of the um, uh, appeals went uh, before the league today, right? Yeah, I, we'll hear about it tomorrow I'm, uh, or later today. Well, it's pretty late today. I don't. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> I know that the guy who pushed over, who pushed Rudolph and knocked him down, uh, his suspension is upheld, but the fine was removed. And we don't know what's going to happen with Miles Garrett yet. My, you know, wild speculation is that he'll be suspended maybe two or three games next year, and that'll be that. Yeah, he's out for this season. This this whole season, and then a couple of games next year too. Yeah, I don't think he'll be like. Uh, but it won't be. It won't even be four. I taken know. out of the NFL forever or anything like that. No, it's not. It's not that bad. It's 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 not that bad. We see worse stuff all the time. <laughs> and it's it's called it's considered part of the game. That wasn't part of the game, but it's still pretty we see bad. worse stuff that's part of the game. But yeah. let's talk about Juju. So um, it it was originally reported that he was dealing with a concussion, and he is. But he also injured his knee on the same play. So uh, with a bulky brace on his knee and being listed as uncertain for Week 12, it's not likely that Schuster plays. Now. That that doesn't uh, affect us that much because a lot of us probably were not playing Schuster on a weekly basis. He, he didn't have a lot of chemistry with uh, Mason Rudolph. He was being double covered. He wasn't getting the fantasy points that we're used to him getting. And an interesting thing about him being ruled out uh, is that it's probably good for fantasy players because then they can just you know write him off for that week, not have to worry about that at all. Um, and I think personally that uh, because Deontay Johnson is also dealing with a concussion, it might just be James Washington out there, and James Washington is going to get a lot of targets. This makes James Washington in a matchup with the Bengals uh, maybe a WR2 in fantasy. Uh, and I know it might feel risky to play it him. It does feel risky, but I mean, there's but he's, some sense there. He's going to get like 12 targets, you yeah. know? So and especially in a PPR league, even if he's not able to get a touchdown out of that, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see, you know, eight receptions for 100 yards from Washington because he's going to be their clear number one receiver. But, of course, watch to see if Deontay is cleared. If he is, then that makes the waters a little murkier. And Rudolph appears to like to target Deontay uh, Johnson more than uh, James Washington. Speaking of teams with not a lot of receivers right now, <laughs> it is... That's most teams, really. It is James Washington and Johnny Holton as perhaps the only healthy wide receivers on the Steelers' offense, so they'll have to bring someone else up from the practice squad. They've got Tevin Jones play. and Deion Kane. Yeah, Deion Kane they just brought up. That's right. So so he'll probably be playing in that game as do well. Do you expect to see more Vance McDonald then? Um, do I mean, I think they'll, they'll probably just be dinking and dunking and uh, and running through the Bengals. Some more Benny Snell. If Snell comes back, that would be great. This could be a, an absolutely enormous game for Jalen Samuels if Connor doesn't play. But but again, like if there's no Connor, if there's no Juju or Deontay, it's Jalen Samuels is like a Le'Veon Bell type role in terms of volume. Yeah, what but, they used to do. But he's not very good at running between the tackles. No, he's not. But, but you're you're right, and he he'll get a, tons of targets. Yeah, in the he backfield, had twelve so. catches earlier in the year. And of course, you have to start him if uh, if those guys are out. Yeah. Uh, T. Y. Hilton on the Colts uh, calf injury. He is questionable for Week Twelve against the Texans, and so is Eric Ebron. 
but both were full participants uh, in Wednesday's walkthrough and are expected to play. So Hilton hasn't been out there for a while. Zach Pascal has been filling in. But Hilton with Brissett, both those guys uh, active for Thursday, he's back up to a WR2 again. And playing against Houston, who doesn't have that good of a secondary, we could expect a big game from uh, from Hilton and the Colts. So I'm excited to to maybe put him back into some lineups. And I know it's a Thursday game, but Hilton is clearly the, no- the number one wide receiver on that offense. And if he's back healthy... He's, he's going to get a lot of, uh, of targets. Uh, Brandon Cooks, with a concussion uh, from the past couple of weeks, saw some specialists, etc. We were just talking about this uh, offline earlier. And uh, Cooks should return. Um, and Josh Reynolds will, will be put back on the bench if uh, Robert Woods also comes back. But we don't know because Robert Woods is still out due to personal reasons, and Cooks still hasn't been cleared officially from the concussion protocol. Yeah. But both those guys I expect to be back this week. Um, but and unfortunately, I, that's a Monday night game, so I... Uh, well, if he gets We'll cleared, know more information before Sunday. If he gets cleared and uh, Robert Woods comes back, then it should be a, a you know clear skies. But this could be something that drags out all week. Also, guess who they play? Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> Baltimore apparently plans to play 12 more games this year. Ugh, poor Rams. Uh, Sterling Shepard with a concussion. Again, uh, him and Brandon Cooks went and saw the same specialist in Pittsburgh, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, Is it like the OG concussion guy it, that they go see? Maybe. I, I didn't like find out specific information about it. But I know that, that Shepard uh, might also come back because he practiced in full on Wednesday as well. So we got both Shepard and Cooks that, that had some pretty rough hits, uh, saw the concussion specialist. Both of them were uh, pretty much cleared to continue, but they have not yet cleared the protocol. So, uh, so that needs to happen this week. Now with Shepard coming back, um, that's going to be probably pretty bad for Darius Slayton who has been filling in, getting a lot of passes. But Golden Tate and Shepard and Saquon, maybe the Giants can put it back together, but they look like a horrible team. Yeah, so that is uh, that doctor I'm referring to is Bennett Omalu, who was the first to discover and publish findings. Was that Will Smith in, about, the, in the movie? Yeah, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. <laughs> but he practices out of Southern California now. Gotcha. But, you know, he leaves, he left his legacy there in Pittsburgh, and he's kind of famous as the guy to, uh, you know, link uh, CTE and concussions to NFL players. Well, I, I thought it was an interesting movie, and uh, I, I certainly like more light being shed on this, or shined on this, rather. Shown? Uh, show me. Maybe you had a concussion, Dave. I was just expecting aliens because whenever I see Will Smith in a movie, then I want like when when does the other shoe drop? You know, there's got to be a clone <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just a couple more receivers here. We already mentioned Deontay Johnson concussion returned to practice on Wednesday. So if he can uh, uh, clear the protocol, then then Johnson might be out there. Now he had another horrible hit. Uh, to the head, he was bleeding from his ear on the sideline, Ugh. and that's something you don't want to see. You know, your brain's liquefying. Uh, or... I don't think that's how it works, but I'm not a doctor, <laughs> so I can't say for sure. It wasn't blood; it was brain. Yes. No, but but Dude, we... your brains are leaking out. It was a really rough uh, night for uh, for injuries uh, that Thursday night. Yeah. Um, the other guy, Philip Dorsett, also concussion, uh, was sidelined for Wednesday's practice, and Mohamed Sanu. Uh, with an ankle, also missed the practice. So, 
Um, we could see uh, Dorset or or Mohamed Sanu um, have more targets if one of them is ruled out for the week. Um, but you you should understand now that Nikhil Harry um, is is probably uh, going to be playing shortly for the Patriots. Okay. And Nikhil Harry, for all those uh, that forget, it was a really highly touted draft prospect who hasn't gotten a chance to play yet. And I think he's a guy that Brady could love as a red zone target, um, and he could really excel in the Patriots' offense. Um, he's a scary one. Uh, so if he's out there on the wire, which he probably is everywhere, uh, that's a possible target to pick up, and maybe he'll uh, he'll play um, up here uh, in week. Is he available for this week, or does he have to wait? Uh... I believe he was active last week. Okay. Well, then, I mean, watch out for this guy. The Patriots know how to target receivers. Let me look him <laughs> up here. So, Nikhil Harry, uh, yeah, last week he had three catches for 18 yards. So, uh, so when when he has his big game, it's going to be big. He was in on 43% of the snaps. Obviously, the, the Patriots are not the kind of team that are just throw people in. Uh, they ease them in very slowly to make sure that they know the system and they can't screw up other players. Yeah. Uh, so that wraps up wide receivers, unless you have anyone else you want to bring up and we can take a what short break. What about A.J. Green, Dave? Uh, well, <laughs> we, we talked about him a little bit already earlier, but uh, it, we're, there's ex- expected to be some words from him tomorrow. Um, and I think it, at this point, he either has to practice and play in the next two weeks or they'll probably just end up shutting him down because they need to hire more receivers on the active roster. Yeah, and then uh, Tyler Lockett will be back, right? I there were so many, I may have missed him, but Tyler Lockett, it sounds like he's going to be back after spending a couple of nights in the hospital after uh, the game in week nine against San Francisco. Yeah, he uh, he practiced on Wednesday. Uh, I think he was limited, but it sounds like he is on track to play as well. All right, good on him. Good on him. Good on him. Cool tunes, man. It's the theme of the night. That's right. Maybe I'll win a prize. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll I'll kind of rush through these uh, tight ends quicker than the other positions because there aren't as many, but there are a couple. Evan Engram, we've talked about the past couple shows. He has a midfoot, uh, and and it, it looks to me again like it's kind of a um, like a, a mysterious injury. We talked about Liz Frank. That's the same kind of injury as this, but they're not calling it that. Uh, he was still sidelined um, on Wednesday, and it's not likely to me that he plays in this game. Again, I I still think we might hear from them that he's just not going to play anymore, uh, which is rough because Engram was getting tons of targets in that offense uh, as those drop-off passes from Daniel Jones. Uh, George Kittle, he was sidelined for Wednesday as well. Now, we do we, we realize that half of the players in the NFL just don't practice on Wednesdays. So Right, that's the general <laughs> off day, so don't read too much into that. Yeah, and so they had Matt Breida, George Kittle, Emmanuel Sanders, and Debo Samuel, who all sat out. Now, and... specifically with the 49ers, I think several of those players will not be playing. But you can count on, I think, Debo. I think Kittle's going to make a push to come back. But I don't think Breed is going to be back. Well, Kyle Shanahan said he believes all four players' statuses will come down to the wire. 
So that's a this little unfortunate guy. since Sunday night uh, is their is their matchup. Yeah. And so uh, I would like to see some of them practice at least in a limited capacity. I would love for for Kittle to uh, to come back in in this matchup. But I think what's more important for the 49ers is that they have those guys uh, for the last couple weeks of the season in must win games. I don't care what's important for the 49ers. <laughs> I care what's important for. Greedy is my homie. I get it. <laughs> uh, Austin Hooper is another guy that we'll be talking about each week until he comes back. He uh, had a knee injury. He won't play. He's already been ruled out for week 12, uh, and he has a sprained MCL. He could be coming back in week 13 or 14, so look out for that. Uh, he is is a terrific tight end that maybe because of game script more than his particular talents, but who cares, uh, was leading the... Um, the tight ends in, in receptions, right? Or or is it passing yards? Who? Hooper. Hooper. Uh, he was leading them in points. I know that. Okay. And that's what I really care about. Well, that's fine. Just uh, won't be playing this week, but watch out for 13 or 14 as a possible return. Uh, I know these, these guys tend to heal quickly when they're in their uh, cryogenic chambers and everything. So. <laughs> so Kelsey is by far leading all the tight ends in, in receiving yards. I think it was receptions. Uh, so total receptions... Hooper is 56, uh, but he didn't play last week. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey has two more games on him, uh, and he's the only one ahead of him at 63. Okay. Um, last guy, Josh Hill, New Orleans Saints. Hill, uh, with a concussion, won't didn't come back from uh, from week 11 when he went out. So you need to, to watch to see if he is cleared uh, from the protocol for week 12. Um, now Josh Hill is not really a startable tight end in when Jared Cook is playing. So for right now, it doesn't matter that much. Um, uh, but, but just a note that he is out and probably will, uh, not play or, or be the backup tight end there for, for week 12. So okay. that's, that's all of my guys. And, uh, I think we, we probably have time for, for some matchups, uh, next, if you've got some to go over. Oh, I broke the streak. Well, it's a bad one. (laughs) Yes, it is. know this song a lot better than I thought you might. <laughs> I actually like the song. <laughs> it's okay to like bad songs. Okay. okay. But this might be not a good song like the other ones. <laughs> so matchups this week. These are some matchups that we can look at to exploit based on um, the way that teams have been giving up fantasy points throughout the season. So the first game to look at is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Atlanta to play the Falcons. So the Bucs are giving up the second most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, the second most to opposing wide receivers. Uh, They're also giving up a lot of points to opposing tight ends, the second most again. But there are no tight ends to worry about in uh, Atlanta. So they currently have Jaden Graham filling in for them. And I think that there was a second guy kind of splitting with them. Um what is his name? That would be Luke Stocker. So neither of those guys are really stepping up, even in an offense where I had been touting the fact that the tight end is so good there. Don't worry about it. Don't don't go chasing that there. 
it's not going to be a situation like who's the guy in uh, San Francisco who played this week? Oh, Ross Dwelly. Dwelly had two touchdowns, but only like 14 yards. Yeah, I mean, red zone. Yeah. So two touchdowns, great. Um, but I don't expect anything like that from. Um, no, Dwelly knocked it out of the Graham park. From Graham and Stucker. Yeah, I, I doubt we have a whole uh, a giant tight end game there. So, so what what I do like uh, for the Falcons is that Matt Ryan needs to stay in your lineup. Uh, and you make sure that you're starting Calvin Ridley. So Calvin Ridley has had a few good games this season. He's had just as many duds, but we, we will often say don't chase points. But this time, I believe chasing the points from Ridley last week is going to benefit you um, because the Bucks, Bucks are so bad at defending the wide receiver, and the Falcons don't really have a lot of good options at running back. They don't have anything going on at tight end. So they need both Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley to step up and have a big role this week. I say keep Ridley in your lineup. Of course, you're starting Julio Jones as well. So I don't like what's going on with the Atlanta backfield. Uh, Dave, you said that whoever winds up there, you kind of like him as a flex. The Bucks are actually good against opposing running backs. Uh, I, I think that this is going to be a lot of Matt Ryan and the two main guys there for him and not much else. Look, if you started Brian Hill last week and you still have him and you need someone to throw in to a position to fill it, uh, he's a guy that you can do it. You know, it's like instructions for making cookies. He's your like, desperate flex play. I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to say that uh, that I approve of the start, but it's a start nonetheless. <laughs> so, one other thing that I kind of like is the Falcons defense. They've been really good the last 2 weeks. They're Defense and special teams in a streaming start against a guy who loves to turn the ball over. That's Jameis Winston. Yeah, that's the uh, 19 touchdowns and 18 interceptions. It's a good start. Oh, my God. <laughs> 18 interceptions in 10 games is very Cutler-esque. And he's also been sacked 36 times, the most in the league. So he's basically Jake Cutler. he fumble the ball, too? I, I, he's not a good quarterback, man. Oh, boy. He's going to wind up on the Bears next year, isn't he? But, and, and Atlanta is decent against the pass. However, uh, the Bucks have the number five passing offense in the league. So they average 285.6 yards per game through the air. The only teams that have more than that are the Cowboys, Chiefs, and Falcons. Sure, and Atlanta is giving up the eighth most points to opposing quarterbacks and wide receivers. This is a great game because they're gonna they're both gonna chuck the ball to receivers and we're gonna score a ton of points. Yeah, I, I like starting the usual suspects uh, on the Bucks. Evans, Godwin, uh, great stuff. Clearly, O.J. Howard is out of the picture entirely. Uh, Cameron Brait may be a streaming option, but not a good one. Uh, I would much rather try to pick up a Dallas Goddard. And then um, Winston might be a streaming option. If your league happens to not punish you that much for negative plays, then Winston is probably a decent guy because he's going to get you know, either garbage points or just regular points, but he'll get points. So I have Jameis Winston in a, in a league in, uh, that doesn't have negative points. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Isn't it? It's, it's just love, man. That's like uh, an extra 50 points this year on Jameis Winston. Well, that's the only league I have him in. Otherwise, I wouldn't dream of playing a guy who has almost as many interceptions as touchdowns. Right. So the Miami Dolphins are going to be playing the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Cleveland had a win to forget, as uh, does not often happen. Um, but I'm sure nobody else is more eager to get on the field than they are. They've had to stew on this since last Thursday. Uh, they want something to be on TV other than the clip of the end of the game. So the Browns are at home, and it's where they've won their last two games. They look better, in my opinion, from a fantasy perspective when they're playing at home, although they have actually scored more points on the road this year. I thought for sure it was going to be overwhelmingly more at home, but they had that 40-point performance against the Rams or against the Ravens in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big thing, but that was early in the year. 
Anyways, they're going against the Dolphins. Dolphins are giving up the fifth most points to opposing quarterbacks, ninth most to wide receivers, sixth most to running backs. Classic start all of your Browns scenario. So I like Mayfield as a streamer or a super flex. I think that Landry is worth starting still. He's been getting plenty of catches. He's going to rack up a bunch of points. It's a quote-unquote revenge game against his old team. <laughs> uh, so don't shy away from Odell. I know that he's been bad this year, but he's bound to break out eventually, damn it. It's going to happen. I, I don't know. I, I'll keep saying it and it won't happen, I know. But I just want it to happen so bad. It's Odell, and he's really fun to watch when he's scoring lots of points, and he can do that. And the Browns just have to figure out a way to make it happen. So uh, I would avoid David Njoku if he winds up playing. He's been out for too long. Tight end is the only position that the Dolphins are at all any good at defending. Um, And then as far as the Dolphins go, the only non-desperation play is Devontae Parker, which is amazing to say considering he has been such a disappointment for the first four years of his career. But they picked up his fifth-year option for some reason, and he's actually playing well this year because they have no one else on the team. So, is there anyone else who's fantasy relevant on the Dolphins, Dave? Uh, not really, but I would say I would say this: uh, there's a possibility that uh, that uh, Kalen Ballage has a, a good game against the Browns because they are the seventh worst team against the run, uh, and uh, Ballage scored a touchdown l- last week, um, and he only. He only had uh, nine yards on the ground, but he did uh, have five receptions on six targets. And the previous week, when they played the Colts, he rushed 20 times. So depending on game script, I could see Ballage having a uh, you know 10 plus point game. But that's as, as close as I get to finding someone else to play. And I would play Brian Hill over Caitlin. So Ooh, that's I a think that's I a matchup too. for the ages. I isn't think it? I would too. <laughs> Oh, we could have a, a, a suck fest bet there. Mm. <laughs> so the Packers will be going to San Francisco to play the 49ers. So this is one of many excellent primetime games this week. I like the Thursday game. Uh, on Sunday, the schedulers said, screw all you guys who like to watch football all day Sunday, because what you're going to get is nine noon games, and then during the other slate, you get the Jaguars and the Titans, and then the Cowboys and the Patriots. So mm-hmm. that's basically... a an additional primetime slot this week. And the Sunday night game is the Packers and the 49ers. And then Monday night we get the Rams and the Ravens. So good all around. But the Packers and the Niners are uh, two teams that I think are going to be able to score the score a bunch. Uh, I, I expect both of them to get their running game going pretty well. The Packers have been good running the ball all year long. As we talked about the Niners earlier, they've been good up until the last couple weeks. I expect them to get going again because the Packers are giving up giving up the fifth most points to opposing running backs. Tevin Coleman and whoever the number two guy is will be worthy of a flex start. Tevin Coleman, I would put as an RB2. So it seems like it'll be Raheem Mostert. Mostert? 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 Yeah, I'm just going to keep butchering it like you did last <laughs> week. I. That's how you learn, you know. you got to get slapped on the wrist a couple times. Yeah, so Breed is like not Catholic practicing, here. as we heard. It'll be a game-time decision. So if you can, don't try to lean on any of them, except obviously Coleman you're fine with. So on the other side, the 49ers have been good most of the year against opposing running backs, but lately, weeks 8, 9, and 10, they've given up big points, lots of points. Granted, it was to some good players, but still, they're not shutting down guys like they were before. And Aaron Jones is a very good running back. Jamal Williams is a good second. So they're both decent starts, in my opinion. The Packers have had a whole week off in order to come up with a good game plan to play what is probably the best team in the NFC. 
Uh, if the Packers want to be considered for a bye or even be considered in the top tier of teams, they need to show well and possibly win this game in order to to do that. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, of cred you know, coming from this game. It'll be a really fun one. Uh, also, uh, there's an interesting anecdote. If, if you weren't aware of this, um, when they played against the Chargers uh, a couple of weeks ago. The Packers, that is. The, uh, the Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers talked a little bit about some of the players having too much fun because they got there a little early in Los Angeles, and so they were going out and drinking, etc. So they're actually not flying in on a Friday now. They're flying in on Saturday so that the players don't have Friday on the West Coast. Aaron Rodgers is upset that everyone had too much fun. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. But what I'm saying Aaron is... Aaron Rodgers is becoming an old man. This is a huge game. It's, it's coming off a of bye week. They had two weeks to prepare for it. Like, uh, I want to see... Uh, some some really sparkling uh, jewels uh, come from this game. Hey, man, he's taking it real freaking seriously. I like that. <laughs> so the Lions are going to Washington. So this is a proper crap fest, um, but there may be some fantasy fill-ins that become relevant for you. So I think that this is a possibility for a Washington Redskins victory in this game because the Lions are bad on defense now. They're giving up tons of fantasy points to opposing teams all across the board. Fourth most points to opposing quarterbacks, 10th most points to opposing wide receivers, and the most points to opposing running backs. So the only team that did not have a double-digit running back against the Lions this whole season was the Bears, who don't know how to run the ball, and they still had a guy get 9.7 points. (laughs) And that's all standard scoring. Obviously, in PPR, uh, that blows it out of the water. So it looks like a good spot for Darius Geis to break out for the first time in his career, basically. Adrian Peterson, who didn't practice today, probably a veteran day off, but that the note was like maybe it's not, maybe there's something a little more to that. We'll see later. Um, and then both Peterson and Geis could see a little bit of a drop off if Chris Thompson returns to the field. He did start practicing on Wednesday after being off for I don't know how long with I think he had turf toe. So Geis uh, is locked in as the receiving down back uh, if Peterson is healthy and going. And Geis will probably also rotate in and get some uh, three-down work as well at at different points in the game. So Haskins has a long way to go. Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback, uh, to be fantasy relevant. However, I like Terry McLaurin in a good bounce-back kind of game. McLaurin had really a good stretch of games early in the year, and now he's been bad. But the Lions um, wind up giving up tons of points to opposing teams all the time. So Scary Terry is a good start here. I like that. So... Uh, I, I, I agree with you about most of it so far. I wanted to add just a couple things. So you're right about the Lions. They've allowed the third most passing yards per game in the NFL and the ninth most rushing yards per game. Oh. Uh, so so they're uh, ranked by football outsiders as the number 26 defense. Um, Haskins has definitely been bad in bad situations with a bad team. However, uh, you watched the game last week, and he was much better in the second half than the first half, which was nice to see. Playing against Detroit that allows a lot of games might allow him to progress more, so I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that. However, Terry McLaurin, who would generally be a good start and is starting to show some chemistry with Haskins. There was a big pass last week. I uh-huh. think there was a touchdown possibility that got called back. Um, he is going to be guarded by Darius Slay, which is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Yes. So that's, that's a tough one for him. Uh, but I do think he'll definitely get targeted. Uh, I think it's a little rough of a start because of Slay being the so guy. So is Slay him. the kind of guy who covers half the field or who covers like one guy the whole game? I don't know, but I can I can try to look that up. So the the games that they've been giving up big points to, 
are to like Michael Gallup and Randall Cobb, Hunter Renfro, Darius Slayton. So you're onto something perhaps that it's the second wide receivers blowing up that are causing all these points He's a shadow to rack corner. up. Okay. He'll be on him all game. So yeah, it was like Alan Lazard and <laughs> Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Um Nelson Aguilar, Larry Fitzgerald. So it's definitely not the number one outside guy who are putting up a lot of points. Whenever you play against a defense, regardless of if they're good or bad, you need to, to see if they have one of these guys, you yeah. know. Um, and in this case, when we look at the the depth chart for the Redskins, uh, we have uh, Trey Quinn, which is he's a, a good slot guy, but he hasn't done much this year. Paul Richardson is the number two guy, but he recently had a hamstring injury. Uh, he did practice for a limited time on Wednesday, uh, but none of those guys have performed at all. So how could we possibly recommend to start? So we've seen Steven Sims Jr. on that team make a few explosive plays, but they've been like reverses or yeah. like a long touchdown. So if you're in like a DFS and you need a really cheap player, that might be an option. Yeah. Just a little sneaky play. So on the other side of the ball, you've got the Lions, and whoever they're going to wind up starting at running back could be a good start. Um, that will probably be Bo Scarborough, Scarborough, right? Yep, it looked good. So his 55 lo- yards rushing last week is the second highest total for a Lions player this year. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Driscoll had a good game. He put up 27 points last week. Uh, it's helped along by his penchant to scramble. He had 51 yards rushing. He could be worthy of a desperation quarterback start, especially in a two-quarterback league. Um, so I, I expect plenty of points from this game uh, because neither defense is really worthy of stopping the other like mediocre offense. <laughs> and we don't even know if uh, Matt Stafford will be back this week. It sounds like he should be taking several weeks off. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure he's not going to return for a while. He's still week to week, according to the coach. Okay. Um, so I think we can safely rule him out preemptively uh, for this week. Although you never know if the Detroit wins this game and they think that they're, uh, they've got a shot still to make the playoffs or something, then They'll try to bring him back. they might bring him back as early as I mean, he plays week. through a lot of injuries. Well, so... he technically could play right now. It's yeah. just one of those things where uh, with the fractures, he could like sever his spinal cord and you know other various things that sound horrible. We don't want that. <laughs> be a shame if someone were to sever the spinal cord. Yeah, not not a great thing. <laughs> no Mortal Kombat fatalities need to happen while we're watching football on Sunday. Please no. You got anything else to add for the people, Dave? No, I think we're all good. Remember, if you listened through the podcast and you were able to determine a musical theme, send that over to Jason at drink5.com or Dave at drink5.com. Watch out for the articles that will populate on drink5.com through the week. Um, and you can always reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram if you have any lineup questions or you just want to say hi. I talked to a, a guy last week who emailed me. And he just wanted to say hi. So there there you go, you know? Yeah, I hope it worked out for him. <laughs> so that's the show. Cheers. Drink five, buddy.